You are listening to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Please like and subscribe. Good morning. Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today it's my extreme pleasure. He's not only a fine actor, he's an impressionist. He is like your Rolodex of impressionists. He's Mr. Jim Meskimen. How are you? Hey, I'm fine. Thanks for calling. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. You know, I'll tell you what. Uh, by the way, congratulations. I loved you on the FBI Most Wanted the other, the other day. I, I watched it, and I was like, man, I know this cat. And I was like, damn, that's Jim. <laughs> yeah, playing a, playing a sleazy pervert. <laughs> right. I was like, you know, there's no nice way to go into that, Jim, so I had to give you the performance, you know? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it, it, it was. Go ahead, it's go ahead, sometimes fun. It's, it's sometimes fun to play the villain, and and the, the, but it, it reminds me what what I love about comedy. <laughs> right? I continue to return to it. Um, you know, but but let me ask you a question. And that part of it is, you know, and I'm I'm so excited. But by the way, how are you doing today, buddy, my friend? I'm sorry. I'm... Oh, really good, really good. I just got back from the gym. I'm feeling great. That's uh, pardon me for my rudeness there. I was just so excited about talking to you when I saw you know about seeing you the other day. But I mean, um, here's the thing, man. I mean, you know, it, it, to get into that type of part, and I think I love playing a heel. So you know, I mean, the idea of you jumping in it, and then I go back and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at your resume, you know, and I know it pretty well from the last time you were on the show, and I was already a fan of yours, you know, from uh, America's Got Talent and everything else. But you played on one of my favorite shows of all time, and that was Light of Light of Me. Oh yeah, lie to me. Yeah, I had a great experience there. Yeah, lie to me with uh, Tim Tim Roth. Uh, Tim. Oh gosh, what's his name? Tim Roth. Tim, Tim Roth. Yeah, you were right. Roth. Tim Roth. Roth. Yeah. I was going to say Tim Robbins, but it's Tim Roth, the great British actor. Tim Roth. Yeah, he's a terrific guy. Uh, I enjoyed working with him a lot. And uh, yeah, that was an interesting assignment because um, they offered me this part, and they said it's a you're a, a Czech counterfeiter, like from the from Czechoslovakia. Right. And I thought, oh my god, this is this is too good to be true. <laughs> So I did my research on it, you know. I watched uh, watched Daniel Day Lewis in uh, uh, the un- unbearable lightness of being, where he plays a Czechoslovakian, and and uh, so I was working on the, my Czech accent, and uh, and you know I really worked on it a lot, and I got wardrobe to dress me in a certain way. I got them to makeup to make my teeth look kind of grungy, and I thought got you know the props to give me these little round glasses that I wanted to have. I really created this character, and then right as I was about to go on, right as they were about to call rolling the director came up to me and went yeah you know we got so many guys in this the scene that have accents uh your guy's not a check anymore he's from chicago i'm like oh jeez but 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 i was so mortified and incensed by it and i turned to tim roth and i said can you believe this he's like yes it's bad right you prepared that right i'm like yeah so they went ahead they yelled action i didn't change anything i was doing i just continued to play it as a check guy and you know what? Nobody said a word. So I learned an important lesson. Sometimes you got to stick by your guns. I love that. I love that. You know, and, and like I said, I'm a huge fan of the show. And you know, I, I watch it. I got the whole collection and everything. You know, but I sat there and I watched it, and I went back when after I looked at your bio, and I'm like, damn, it was so good. I looking at you, I didn't even realize it was, it was you. Even this morning, watching it again. Wow, that's nice. You know, That's I mean, nice really thing. good work, and and I mean, you know, uh, seeing you in FBI Most Wanted, it was like, you know, I I recognized you in a minute. I looked at I'm look, you know, you're doing a stair scene, and I'm like, I said to my girl, 
honey, that's Jim. He's coming on the show again, you know? And she's like, what? I said, you remember who I, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, really? And she's like, but he's such, and, you know, of course, and she's a school teacher and a librarian. She's like, wow, he's playing such a deep, dark character, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know? And, and I worked with a, a lovely, the, the little girl who was unfortunate, my unfortunate victim. Uh, it was a lovely little actress named Dahlia. And we got to be really good friends. But I you know, I made it very clear to her mom, who was on the set, you know, I, I have a daughter of my own. I, I'm a nice guy. But you always feel a little bit vulnerable. It's like it's like trying to prove that you're not a pervert. It's just really tough. Yeah, that's what every good little pervert says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can right. trust me. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, it was it was two two fine jobs, and I wanted to bring that up because, you know, everybody sees you as comedy. And the fact that even, you know, knowing you that, you know, I didn't recognize you as Otto, and I've seen that episode 25 times. And, and wow. just watching it again, I thought that was fantastic. But, you know, seeing you and recognizing you on the FBI, I thought was really cool. But the idea that, you know, you have the acting chops to go the other way is it was very, you know, I, I knew you had it because I'd seen you on some other things, but I think that was very cool and I wanted to bring it up to let you know that I appreciated it. Char, thank you very much. That's really makes me feel great. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was, but I mean, so when, when you play a heel like that, you know, and you're getting into that area, does it kind of, and I don't know if you've done that particular thing like the FBI most wanted before, you know, play the pervert part, does it, you know, did you have to really study that part to kind of, you know, turn yourself in because I know impressions is one thing, but is it the same way for you as an actor to turn on and say, okay, I'm going to be Mr. Grunge today? Yeah, you got to, uh, yeah, to play the pervert of the week on one of those shows. <laughs> you, you, you definitely have to kind of uh, take a look at just emotionally what makes up that kind of person. And uh, luckily, I've studied a lot at, uh, my wife's acting school, the acting center, where you drill different emotions, right? So you can reach them and access them very quickly. And it's a, it's a drill, you know, and with practice, just like voices, it's like, you know, suddenly changing voices and becoming Robin Williams or changing on a dime and becoming Sir Patrick Stewart, you know, or even being a Sam Elliott, just on the drop of a hat. Well, then, you know, you practice changing emotions the same way. And that, that helps a lot because, uh, you know, you want to, you want to not act like the pervert, all the time you want to just when they say rolling you want to right. be the sleazy guy right now now you and and, and, and and you know robin i know everybody falls with you know because you just got robin just robin the late great robin williams uh so fine did you ever meet robin by the way i did i met him uh either once or twice <laughs> one time I'm, I'm not sure if i hallucinated it or not but uh, <laughs> the long story but <laughs> We, we just I've had been moments, Jim. I was, in a, I was in a cab that was rear-ended, and so I might have been a little dizzy. But uh, <laughs> but I definitely did meet him uh, one time at uh, LAX, and uh, he was very gracious. And of course, he got his start on my mom's show on Happy Days. Right. So you know, I was exposed to him right, you know, at the the apex, uh, or the I guess the beginning of his uh, of his career, and uh, you know, impressed by him from the first moment, really. Right, and pardon me, I guess the lawn people just decided to come right through the neighborhood as I'm having you on the show, so I beg your pardon, I apologize. Oh, it's um, okay, I don't actually hear it. 
Okay, well, that's that's even better. Thank you. Um, but you know, it, it's amazing to that. I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm sure you know because you're 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 actually a very funny comedian. So I mean, you know that, and I don't mean to kind of make the sound like, but people look at it and say, okay, look, he does impressions, da da da. You know, and I grew up with the Jonathan Winters and guys like that growing up. Right. So, right. you know, changing characters, but you know, looking at it the way you do, and having somebody like Robin Williams, were you a fan of his? Was, was I a fan of his? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely a fan. Uh, particularly of his acting. I, I, The stand-up, you know, I'm not a stand-up comedian, uh, uh, and I respect it as an art form, uh, but I, I was more a fan of his dramatic acting, uh, his ability to create empathy and you know this kind of earnestness that he had and uh, you know he came to represent for me anyway and i think for a lot of other people this kind of sensitivity of creativity thinking outside the box and and wonder and discovery of of, of life and and things and, and I, I don't think we have anybody that really carries the torch for those things right now uh, and it was very unique because he was all in you know there was no oh yeah they were holding back and uh, so it's, he really was a very remarkable superstar and so that's why when he passed i wrote that poem you might have seen oh, uh, the I love it. video they didn't burn all the pianos when frederick chopin died didn't outlaw oil paints when picasso took his final ride no one put a stop to baseball when Mickey Mantle's time was up. No banned all Russian novels when Tolstoy went barely up. In Shakespeare's death, nobody said, now hath arrived the day. From this day forth, let none dare put forth pen to write a play. We celebrate what's left by the departed. It's our choice. Still, it does seem sacrilegious to do Robin Williams' voice. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I watched that this morning, my friend, and it gave me chills then, and doggone it, it just did again. That is not only not only spot on magnificent in the performance, but the, the poem itself is just, um, I, I love it, man. I mean, that's a, that's a sound bite for the ages uh, on every which way around it. I put that right beside the Billy Crystal, Dylan Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. Fifteen rounds, is that uh, what I call Yes, 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 yes. And it, and it, and it is... is I, I saw him do that uh, one time. What a beautiful performance! Thank you. That's a it's very nice positioning. I appreciate it. No, no, that 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 just I mean everything together. You wrote that? I did. Yeah, I did. I had to. I mean, I, the day he passed, I was just like a lot of people. Just my head was just uh, just revolving around the the incongruity, the unfairness and injustice of it all, and uh, so I I felt compelled to write write something and. You know, in his case, he was such an aesthetic being. The poem seemed really appropriate, and but I really was wrestling with because I do the I'd done the Robin Williams genie for Disney for years before he died. Right. Uh, he he actually approved of my you know had to he was on the assembly line there he had to approve of my uh, my voice to take over, and uh, so you know I felt a, a sort of funny intimacy with him even though we didn't know each other at all, and so. I, I had to write that poem, and, and people really respond to it. It, it, it. I mean, that's got to be amazing that that a guy is, you know, I mean, is iconic. I think is overused. It's legendary. I think Robin Williams is legendary, and uh, I think that uh, a guy like that to sit there and say, I mean, if he just said, "Hey, man, yeah, Charlie, you can go do that," I'd have been like, seriously. So, to, so to get <laughs> to get the thumbs up to from Robin Williams to play a part that. Every kid and every adult know around the world. How'd that make you feel? 
that made me feel very proud. Yeah. And I always, when I go in, I, in fact, I did it just for, just this week for Disney again, for a, some sort of video game project. And I, it's always a great honor. You know, it's like, it just feels like a very special kind of responsibility to, to try to, uh, try to forward that energy to take that, that thing that he started and just keep it moving along. I, I love that. Now is, you have a favorite movie of his? Oh, that's a good question. You know, we just saw the, we watched the Fisher King recently and I'd seen it in the nineties with Jeff Bridges and uh, it's a Terry Gilliam film. And I, you know, I kind of remembered it, but I, you know, I guess got interested in watching it again because it was a time when I was in New York too. And, uh, we watched it again. And it's a very good movie. I liked it very much. And I like Robin in it. It's a very, it's a perfect part for him. Uh, he plays a, you know, kind of a Don Quixote kind of character and, um, he does it just beautiful a lot of nuance and a lot of pathos and again goes all out you know it does not hold back right and, uh, yeah i haven't seen it Jeff Bridges is great in it too yeah I, I haven't seen it since the 90s it's one of those movies that's back there you know just you know and, and you know it's just so long since i've seen it now i'm gonna have to you know go go pull it up my i'm, I'm yeah, gonna get i'm gonna get laughs on one of my favorite movies to his and it, and it had a little bit of comedy it was serious but i loved patch adams yeah, I didn't see that one, but uh, I, I've heard it's great. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it was uh, one of those movies that, you know, kind of, you know, it was a real-life deal, and I think he did fantastic in it, you know, and it's Robin being Robin, you know, and him being the, he can bring that empathy and sympathy and, you know, as well as the the face and, you know, the laughing man, that laughing and sad thing, and I forget what it's called back in, the, that they used in comedy and theater, you know, is was Robin <laughs> Williams. That's what I think about when I see that now is Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, he was a master of, Master of emotions, you know, and also a master of wrong emotions. And so much of his comedy is based on uh, inappropriate emotion <laughs> and, and <laughs> really, really a, a virtuoso. Now, 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 when you come up, I mean, I'm looking at, I mean, your, your bio here, you know, and, and it is unbelievable that, you know, I mean, you're on everything from Call of Duty to, you know, I mean, to playing, you know, being on, on a Scooby-Doo to, I mean... Your versatility is is absolutely insane, you know. To, I mean, shows like Vegas and man, Anger Management, and you know your experience. I mean, you you have a who's who and a what's what of different shows you've done. Um, do you take a little bit from each show and kind of put it into your you know bag of tricks? Yeah, I just I mean that's evidence there that I just can't hold down a job. Uh, <laughs> well, you oh, you learn you learn something every time. You learn something every time. That's why I, I I've started doing videos every time I have a job. You know, something unusual happens, so I I'll do a little video from my dressing room or from the set or something. Stuff you just you know you think you think you understand your job and what you have to do, and then you get to set and everything turns upside down sometimes, <laughs> or some something that you just hadn't thought about that just pops and becomes either a roadblock or a great advantage and i like to share that with people and that's why i started my online course too i have an online workshop in right. how to keep work as an actor and because there's just a lot of funny you know some of them are, are serious pitfalls you know that you can right. really actually kind of crash and burn others are just kind of like wow i guess i better kind of you know flow with this or figure this out and i've uh made a bunch of videos detailing all these, you know, different tips and things I've done to keep working as an actor and keep being a sort of a Swiss army knife. Yeah. I, and I love that. I'm a huge survival guy. So I actually love that Swiss army knife comment, but I mean, you know, and it's great advice. And, and it's funny. I think that one of the things you cover and you just did is that, you know, I've, I've gone to a movie that was supposed to be like a, uh, you know, real cops and robbers type thriller 
and I go see it at the premiere, and it's turned into a damn comedy. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen? You know, so wow. I, think, I think that people don't understand sometimes, even young actors and even old actors. I was young, you know, I was in my 20, late 20s, early 30s, but you know, with that movie. But, you know, sometimes things just change like that for whatever reason, writers or whatever. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up that, you know, sometimes things just kind of turn and you can't, sometimes you can't get hot about it. You have to kind of, you know, it's work. Well, yeah. And you, as you know, too, it's a collaborative art form. So yes. different departments are going to have their say. And really you're at the mercy of <laughs> the director or the editors or whoever in post-production decides they have to tell whatever story they have to tell. I was just working on a gaslit, uh, which came out in April with Sean Penn and Julia Roberts. And I played a Senator and, uh, you know, you just don't know how it's going to turn out. You hope it'll be, it'll be nice. <laughs> and, uh, in that case, it really did turn out very well, but they actually, uh, for whatever reason, the showrunner apparently replaced the director, even though the director, Matt Ross, who's terrific, had directed all, all the episodes, the showrunner had the, the right legally to come in and kind of, boot him out of the of the editing bay and he cut it the way he wanted to cut it so these these things take place and you're like and as an actor you're so far down the totem pole you just have to kind of grin and bear it <laughs> right but and uh, it's so it's it's always changing no i have not seen gaslit yet so i i'm gonna have to check it out now buddy just because you, you you brought that up and i'd seen it on your on your resume here so i have to check it out um how was it working with sean and julia well, I had a good time working with Sean. I tell you, I we'd never met before. I, I arrived at the location and uh, I got ushered into this room to kind of wait around. And there was this fat, bald guy in there. Uh, he walked up to me and said, "Hey, I'm Sean." And I said, "If you say so." <laughs> <laughs> he he had so much prosthetic makeup, brilliant prosthetic makeup by a, a wonderful Japanese uh, makeup designer named Kazuhiro. Uh, incredible. Uh, just, I mean, you could stare at him from six inches away and, and not detect that he was wearing uh, prosthetic makeup uh, down to every last hair punched into his little bald head. And we got to work together for the better part of an afternoon on a really nice scene that sort of lived and breathed and we improvised. And uh, at the end of it, he said, Jim, I'm glad it was you. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty nice. That's pretty nice. Wow, that's pretty cool. I like that. I like that a lot. You know, it's I, I felt that way with watching, um, you know, Tom Hanks in the new Elvis movie that the prosthetics were fantastic, you know, in that. Uh, have you had a chance to see it? Uh, actually, I, I worked on it a little bit. I did uh, I did voices for it in post. I did what's called ADR, where they add, like, all the newscasters that you hear in that uh, show. And, you know, Elvis is out flying across the country. But... You know, things like that. And we recorded for a couple of days, just tons and tons of stuff like that. And I believe they used my Jimmy Carter voice for some part of it. Well, Jimmy Carter makes some sort of statement regarding uh, Elvis. Oh, that's so, Elvis's death. Yeah, that's you, really? That was me, yeah. That so, is, dude, so that is so fantastic. Bit. Yeah, thank you. I've seen little bits and pieces of the movie. I've seen it in like 15-second chunks. I, I probably should go and watch the whole thing. But yeah, I saw Tom Hanks's. uh uh, makeup and it's really a golden age uh, for uh, makeup artists they're doing yes. such great work about materials that they never had before and uh it's, it's it's exciting to see actors able you know able to really change so much 
Well, I mean, I'm yeah, absolutely without a without a doubt. Now, and now that I know, I I saw that two times. I saw the saw Elvis two times on the media's dime, and I've seen it nine times on mine. So I'm telling you, my friend, without a doubt, sit down with your family. It, it is absolutely now that I know that you're in it, I'm going to go watch it again and point it out and just says, "Hey, man, that, that's Jim." You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. because I actually and I I know the I knew the Carters back in the '80s pretty well, and so I didn't I didn't miss it. It wasn't Jimmy. Nice. Well, Nick, you make me feel real good, man. You know, I didn't. I didn't miss it. I mean, I, I didn't think at all that that you know didn't sound like Jimmy. I was like, doggone it, man. You know, right there it is. You know, I'd, I'd never give me a question. Fooled you again. Fooled you again. Yeah, you did, doggone it. Um, now, see, now I got to pay more attention because I want to sit there saying, I'm going to go look through the credits. Is that Jim getting me again? You know. <laughs> but I mean, that is that is so cool. And uh, you know, uh, were you a fan of Elvis? Sure. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Still forever, forever. Please watch it yeah. and text me and tell me what you think of it. Cause I think it just I sucks will. you in and, and, and it's just one of those movies. If, if uh, Austin Butler doesn't get an Academy award, buddy, I don't, I don't know who will. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I promise to watch it very soon. As soon as I can. I got Next movie I watch. Now, now, now you have so much coming up. I mean, you know, and by the way, you, you just did uh Beavis and Butthead, by the way, congratulations on that. Thank you. You know, yeah, I, uh, I got a lot of stuff that hasn't been released yet. It's all kind of come out when it comes out. I've got a show called The Big Door Prize that I'm recurring on, which uh, stars Chris O'Dowd, the wonderful Irish actor, comedian. And uh, that's coming out on Apple TV one of these days. That's a fun show, The Big Door Prize. Uh, and, uh, gee, I just did Young Sheldon. and Really? What did you do on Young Sheldon? I haven't seen that yet, my friend. What did you do on Young Sheldon? You know, I, 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 you can't really talk about these things, but it, it, when it comes out, you'll know it's me. <laughs> it won't be a moment. There won't be a moment of going, "Who is that guy?" You'll know it's me for sure, Char. Okay, because uh, <laughs> okay, you know you got me a couple times now, Jim. So come on now. You know? yeah. now this, um, this is a big slow pitch. This is a big slow pitch for you. Uh, okay, yeah, that's great. Big watermelon coming at me, right? You know, I got yeah. you. Um, now, <laughs> now, can I bring? Can I bring up the famous talk show host part that you've been put in, or is that? Oh, May I? Yeah, no, fine. That's fine. Sure. You know, you've been cast to play the legendary Phil Donahue. Right. Man, yeah. um, talk to me. Whatever you can share, please, because that's incredible. Well, I, I so far I've been talking up a storm. So this is, uh, I mean, <laughs> Phil Donahue was pretty iconic. I, and uh, I remember him uh, from watching him in the 90s when I was in New York. And uh Anyway, uh, there uh, there's a show called Welcome to Chippendales about the Chippendales dancers. It's uh, it's the colorful history, and it's it's not a not a light show. It gets pretty dark, I have to tell you. And uh, there's a there's a moment when the Chippendales dancers are introduced to America on the Phil Donahue show, and so they needed a Phil Donahue. So that's uh, that's how I won the role, and uh, it was a lot of fun. I tell you, I you know I. I I confess I'd never seen a Chippendales dancer show before, and I got to watch one about for about eight hours. So, it was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least you got paid to do I, it too. <laughs> I got paid to do it, and and now I just I clicked off, you know, check that box. I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> now, now the missus gonna say, "Hey, babe, you know the Chippendales are in town." I'm good, babe. I did that one. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, you know, playing Phil Donahue. Did you have? Because I've seen your long list of impressions many times, but I haven't. I don't remember Phil on there. Was he one that you've done? No, 
No, not at all. And I, I had to do my research because even though he was on TV in the 90s and I did see him go by a couple of times, I was not watching a lot of TV in the 90s. Right. I lived in New York City and we didn't have cable and, you know, you, you could get public access. That was about it. So <laughs> we, were, we were too broke. We were too broke. To, <laughs> but I went back and on YouTube, you can watch all kinds of, uh, you know, hours and hours of sure. films on you. And uh, uh, it's, that's the great thing about YouTube. It's a fantastic uh, research tool i use it multiple times every day to you know research things and find out what people sounded like and you think gosh you know i remember seeing this guy i think uh, like just yesterday i found out something interesting this is very very trivial right but uh i happened to be researching um, uh the mr lincoln exhibit at disneyland an evening with mr lincoln or whatever it's called okay and uh, that wonderful robot that's been performing since 1964. Boy, is his arms tired. But uh, the guy that the guy that did that wonderful narration, I realized I didn't know who that was. So I looked it up, and uh, it was a guy named Loyal Dano. Loyal Dano. And I didn't recognize that name, but I researched him a little bit, and I found that he is in one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm familiar with his performance in the film, the John Huston Moby Dick. And he, do you know that movie? I do. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I do. That's another one to revisit. I watch it every couple of years because it's such a, it's a kick-ass movie. And he plays this scrawny kind of haunted guy named Elijah who warns the men that their boat is going to go down and only one of them will survive. And he says, no, I've seen it in a dream, in a giant whale. You know, he's got this great sonorous voice. And he's the guy who plays Lincoln. So I use YouTube. I discover these things, and it, it just amuses me, and it helps me with my kind of mental library of voice. That that's amazing. And now I'm going to have to go back and watch that because I remember seeing it tons of times as a kid. You know, because it'd come on once a year or whatever, and you'd yeah. Um, oh wow, I didn't realize that uh, Richard Basehart was in that from uh, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Yeah, he's Ishmael. Yeah. Oh he's man, jeez. He's the sole, spoiler alert, he's the sole survivor. Uh, what? Yeah, somebody lives? <laughs> he lives. Lives to tell the tale. Yeah, it's a 60-something-year-old movie. That's all right. We'll, we'll work with it, Jim. We gave him a spoiler, you know? Yeah, yeah, they've had time. You know, but I mean, it is so cool, to, and I, and I love you sharing that because you know sometimes you don't know these voices or or like you. I mean, you know, look, uh, you know, and I didn't know it was you until you know you and I had spoken last time you were on the show. But like you know, you doing the Colonel. That's right. I've been doing Colonel Sanders now for about six years, and I tell you what, it's a great pleasure to uh, evoke that character. He's quite an interesting fellow. You know, being being here in Nashville, you know, you'll get a big pop out of that because of the fact that, you know, we do love our Colonel Sanders fried chicken. And washed and hand breaded and living herbs and spices. So uh, it's, it's made with a lot of love. At least it used to be. Does, 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 does Jim get a year's supply? <laughs> well, if, if I wanted to spend the residuals on chicken, I certainly could. Right. You know, let me ask you a question, my friend. Is is there some part that you know you look back there, you and I talk, you know, and 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 I I love love having you on the show. But is there a part like that you've looked at? Because I mean, you know, it's funny. I love when you were on America's Got Talent, you know, and 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 your wonderful mother's on. And I've I've met your mother many times. The incredible Marion Ross, you know, played Mississippi in Happy Days amongst many other things. But you know, one of our 
iconic television mothers of all time, you know. Um, you know, you said you wanted to just say that you made it to your, you know, your mom and your wife and your kids and stuff as it is. I mean, it, it's funny because I look at it in so many parts you've done it and it's a who's who of, you know, shows and cartoons. And I don't know if I can think of too many people that have played as many different spots, game sh games and, and everything else. But is there something you'd sit there and say, yeah, man, that's the part I'd love to play? Well, sure. I think all, probably all actors, character actors that are my age or around my age are, uh, have this wonderful combination emotion of extreme admiration and, and very pointed jealousy of, uh, uh the Walter White character, Brian Cranston's great portrayal in uh, Breaking Bad. That was, you know, a dream part brilliantly written brilliantly directed so the presentation was exceptional and then he just you know hit, hit home run after home run with it it just got better and better so it's never going to happen to me that particular role but that's the kind of thing that that any any actor male or female would want they would want a role that has this kind of wonderful realistic truthful arc to it that's expressed uh, archly and uh, presented flawlessly you know, and, and I and I love that. And it's funny because it's it's such a a different spot from many other of his roles. Totally, and totally. I mean, that kind of performance didn't actually, to my mind, exist before. I mean, to to take that arc of a guy who who's a kind of a nebbish teacher, who's kind of, you know, apathetic and sailing off into the sunset, and to have him turn into <laughs> into an arch super criminal. <laughs> In such a truthful way, you know, often we see these supervillains, supervillains in the movies and they, they are already arrived at their demonic height. Right. And we, how they got there exactly. They were mistreated. OK, whatever. But we didn't really see what happened. We didn't see the slow, slow slide, which is a very truthful thing. Right. That happens to individuals. Right. And, and it's important thing to know about. And Shakespeare shows us example after example. But even he, you know, he's got five hours or four hours, whatever, to express that. Uh, this show uh, and the great Vince Gilligan and his team of brilliant writers and Brian Cranston, the great cast, they, uh, this is a commercial for Breaking Bad now, but they <laughs> stretched it seasons and I don't know, it's dozens of hours and they could really explore the subtleties and, and I don't know, I just, I know that I'm not alone in finding it a delicious experience to uh, consume that show. I, yeah, oh, without without a doubt, one of my favorite scenes I have it on my YouTube list is when he's in the in the parking garage and he and he sits there and he and he has the three guys there and the one guy's on his side and he says, you know, well, what are you going to do? He says, well, you know, I can shoot you. He says, well, with whose gun? He says, well, one of yours. <laughs> and the guy's like, you're going to take one of my guns? He says, well, I could, you know. And then he does oh, the whole deal, you know. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, that's Jonathan. Uh, uh, yeah, the guy that plays the uh, Gus, uh, not Gus. Jesus. Uh. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, it, it, it slipped my mind right there, but it's just one of my favorite spots. But I have to, I have yeah. to bring up quick with all of your things, and of course, the holidays are coming up. So, Jonathan Banks, thank you, my friend. Thank you for helping me out there. I appreciate having my back there. Um, but I love that scene. It's a great scene, you know. And nothing like you standing yeah. there with no gun, and the guy, the guy's a coward, you know. And the two guys got guns, so I could shoot you with one of his guns, or you know, one of your guns, or one of his, you know. And I'm like. Damn, right. really? <laughs> so Jonathan Banks, great character. Again, he's kind of like a, he's a cross between a hitman and Eeyore. 
<laughs> wow, I love that. That's great. Now, you know, of course, with, you know, how, and I have to say, you know, you were back on Arliss back in the day and, you know, Third Rock and, you know, Fresh Prince. But I have to say, you know, holidays are coming up. So check check you out as a police officer and jingle all the way, which I actually loved. And, but, um, yeah, and I also pop in another Christmas movie, too, a rather bigger than Jingle All the Way, too, which is The Grinch. I was just getting to that, my friend. I couldn't page up my fingers fast enough. <laughs> that That is, playing in the Grinch, uh, you know, tell me one thing about cool about playing with Jim Carrey, first of all, which is incredible, and another impressionist, and, and a great impressionist. But what was it like playing in something like such as, you know, which has become, it kind of all of a sudden didn't pick up, it, it's almost like it picked up legs after his theatrical release, more so because now everybody has to see it, but it got it got beat up at first, and I, I, I wrongfully so, because I love the movie. But what was it like being in a Grinch? Well, it, it may have gotten beat up by somebody, but it was the highest grossing picture of the year, I think. Uh, it was great working with that. I mean, I love working with Ron Howard. I've been working on uh, with Ron on five of his films, and uh, he just gets better and better yes. working on the Grinch great experience because it was there was so much artistic contribution in that film every every stitch on the wardrobe uh every prop uh, the whole background it was all practical it was not right. not a lot of speed in it you know there was some but there was not you know we had real backgrounds real sets at universal and in, inside all those homes and those stores and those buildings there were countless props that had been everyone had been designed and, and uh, executed by very skilled people that were having a great time and uh, it was a good high budget picture too so they really didn't cut corners and if you were ever bored which was rare you could just look around at your fellow cast members and just kind of admire the wardrobe or the shoes you know like geez look at those shoes <laughs> or the makeup everybody was wearing again that was uh kazuhiro who did uh the wonderful japanese uh the designer that I mentioned before who did Sean Penn's makeup, he helped. Uh, that was the place I met him. And he was working on uh, Jim Carrey's makeup and, and other people. So it was a rich experience. That's cool. How, how, long, was, how long was your makeup? Oh, it was always three, three plus hours a day. So I'd get in there about uh, five or six in the morning and sit down. And my uh, makeup man, Rick Stratton, would always spend about the same amount of time. And get those pieces on, and the false eyelashes, and the you know color everything by hand, and uh, you know you got used to it after a while. I enjoyed it actually. I enjoyed the feel of the makeup. You know, some people they early on we all got tested to make sure that we didn't have allergic reactions to it or anything like that. Right. But I don't reaction at all. I thought it was it was fun and and also really nice to take off at the end of the day, eight or nine hours later. Ooh, I promise, Lord, I will never complain about getting dressed up and have dirt thrown on me ever again. <laughs> you know, yeah, you have dirt or you have some coal or something. That it, I'll never complain about it again after hearing that, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they made it pretty comfortable for us. It wasn't it wasn't uh, tough. The toughest part is having your head cast in plaster. That that I found to be you know unpleasant. Yeah, I, I have I have heard that. Now, now, talk to me a little bit real quick. I know we're winding down time. Talk to me a little bit about your acting classes because of the fact that you, and, and you have a video and everything else. Tell me, share a little bit about that, my friend, because obviously you're one of those guys that can come at it from many different directions. And, and I will state a, a very underrated actor, especially after going back and watching on you a couple things that are I'm hugely critical about. 
you know, and, and uh, I really enjoyed your performances all the way up on FBI. So tell me a little bit about your acting, uh, your acting classes. Well, thanks for those kind words. Well, for acting classes, like to be a, a you know, the, the art of acting and, and creating characters, I recommend the acting center. And that's at uh, www.theactingcenterla.com. But I created a series of videos myself, not so much on how to, how to, uh, how to act, but how to keep an acting career going, how to build it, keep it going, and you know, really run it over the long haul. And it's for beginners, and it's also for people who have acted before, and you know, it just got away from them, or you know, things changed, or they they saw something shiny and looked the other way. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I've kept track of the, the successful actions that I've used to keep a career going. Uh, also, things like how to manage uh, a sudden uh, bit of good luck or an affluence, you know, because that's often very dangerous. One doesn't know what to do with that. Sometimes you get an opportunity and things go really well, and you can you can handle that badly, you know. Right. So I, I created a series of videos all on different topics, from getting an agent to you know um, dealing with directors and uh, how to work on the set and how to promote yourself how to uh, use the press and get things moving uh, when things are down. Anyways, probably about, I don't know, 20, 25 videos. And you can find out about it if anyone's interested at jimworkingactor.com. And uh, we've made it very affordable. It's a series of videos and an ebook that goes with it. And there's also an option to find out just about voiceover, the voiceover world, and what I've done to become a voiceover actor, because I've done that for 35 years, too. Um and, and and there's another course about impressions. If you really want to dive deep, how I do impressions, and and uh, there's a series of videos all about that too. I love that. You know, and it's funny because the voiceover world is a very different world. And and uh, every time I think I know a lot about it, I it, another door opens, or I talk to somebody like yourself, and all of a sudden, boom! I, I learn a whole bunch more. So it a whole lot more. So it, it is one of these things that uh, it's an ongoing basis. So I think it's great that. You know, you're helping some people out there, you know, and I looked at your prices online. There was a very reasonable, very, very reasonable. I've seen a lot more expensive things that offer a lot less or, or from people who, who don't have the experience you do. Um, but I also have to credit, Ben, your TikTok is great and your YouTube both. Okay. You know, Yeah, I have a new new viral one that just uh, hit yesterday. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty well on TikTok. <laughs> which which one fun. is that? I just watched I just watched one this morning. Which one is the TikTok? That, uh... It's a it's a deep fake video that I did a while ago. Uh, of this poem I wrote about being an impressionist, and so there's a a guy in the UK named uh, Sam who contacted me, and and we collaborated on this. And so when I change characters, and I do I don't know about twelve or fifteen different uh, characters, uh, celebrities, he uh, goes in with his deep fake and changes my face just subtly. Oh yeah yeah yeah, and, you were like. Oh, you you you're all of a sudden you're uh, Robert De Niro or whatever. Oh, that yeah. is magnificent. Or Doctor Phil, that's magnificent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's taken off. It's got uh, it's gonna probably hit a couple million views today. So it's fun. It's fun to reach people that way. You know, let me ask you a question on that part, my friend. You, you know, when you do minus, minus the trickery that that is, and that's really cool. Everybody go check it out because it's really badass. But when 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 you do the expressions like Robin Williams, Robert De Niro, you know. 
how hard was it for you to get that good to when people look at like like Heidi Klum sit there trying to say, "Oh my God, you look just like Robin doing that." You know how you know is it tons of time in the mirror or what, buddy? Not really. I you'd think it would. Maybe that would be a good thing to do. But I I, I take it from the inside out, and uh, you know, acting is taking on another character. It's taking on another viewpoint of life, uh, and with this whole package of personality. So. When I see an actor that I admire in a movie, I'm sort of, you know, all of us, we sit in the movie theater, or we sit at home and we watch a performer, and we're sort of being them. We even kind of shift in our seat. We're right. sort of experiencing what they're experiencing, if they're good and if it's a good production. And so I've paid a lot of attention to the actors that I admire. And I, I know, you know, talking about Robert De Niro, you know, I know that there's a certain, um, uh, there's a certain way of expressing himself. There's a cadence, um, timing. You know, and I, and I dare say what happens is I have to change my whole my whole facial structure uh, to accommodate that. But it's it's just a natural thing that happens, and, and people always say that when they see my videos, they go, "Wow, you you look just like Robin, or you look right. just like Patrick Stewart." And I, I'm not doing very much, but it's enough to support the illusion, I think. Well, I love it. You know, hey, look, you try that mirror thing, kid. You might do good. <laughs> Oh, a mirror. That's that reflective piece of glass. I, I, no, I've seen them around. Can you get them on Amazon? <laughs> maybe, maybe, or eBay, maybe. I mean, quality, you know. But I mean, uh, I do have to ask you a question, though, because it's the magical question of the day, and you're the first person I've okay. talked, to about, talked to about it. So, right. in California, the billion-dollar ticket was sold. Was it you? Oh, God. No, I didn't even... I regret that I didn't even purchase one. I should have. It's a bit, do you think it's too late? <laughs> Brother, I think we missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hope whoever it is spends it very, very wisely. Amen to that, brother. You know, maybe next time it'll be us, pal. <laughs> yeah, next, time. next time for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, so where can everybody find you on social media? Because, man, I'm telling you, I, 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 could, I could talk to you for days. And you're and, no, and, and, and thank you, by the way, for being so gracious and, and uh, you know, so... Uh, you know, entertaining as well as being, I mean, man, we asked you to come on and, you know, I talked to Harlan and he's like, absolutely. I said, I got to have this guy back on. I, I told him I was going to, and then Harlan says, you know what he's doing now? And I'm like, no. And I'm like, are you kidding? I definitely have to have him back on now. Fantastic. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Jim Pressions and on YouTube also Jim Pressions on TikTok. Yeah, I definitely invite anybody to come follow me there. That's that's kind of a growing community, and it's just my name. I think Jim Meskimen. Um, you can find me under Impressionists probably, or Jim Pressions also. And uh, yeah, but be delighted. Also, my uh, again that acting, uh, keeping the uh, what we call it, the becoming a working actor is. Uh, those videos are available at JimWorkingActor.com. And I'll have all those tags on there, as I always do on here. But, I mean, if there's one thing you want to say to your fans, my friend, what would it be? And, you know, listening that, you know, I've seen you. And now, I mean, you know, you're on stuff, you know, brand new things like the FBI and all these other things coming up. And, and uh, you know, make sure to go check out on, you know, watch out for the Chippendales Project. And Phil Donahue, I'm so excited to see you play that. And go check out Gaslit and everything. But what do you want to say to your fans out there, buddy? Oh, thanks for the invitation. Well, I want to say uh, what I'm trying to do is do something that I've seen my mother do and other great performers uh, and other great people that I respect in life who even aren't actors. And that is to whatever you do, try to set a good example. You know, there's a lot of value in that. 
I love that. that. That's fantastic advice. I got to ask one quick question. Do you have a favorite episode of Happy Days with your mom? Oh, gosh, the one that comes to mind. I mean, I was in an episode, which was the uh, the Happy Days goes when they go to, to Hollywood. The Cunninghams go to Hollywood. I'm the kid that announces that there's a shark that Fonzie later jumps over on water skis in the famous Jump the Shark episode. No but, way. But that's not my favorite. Yeah, yeah, but that's not my favorite episode. I think... I recently saw the Thanksgiving episode, and since Thanksgiving is coming up, that's probably a good one to revisit. It's it's so silly, and Mom is so cute, and uh, I I'd say that's my favorite. I love that. I love that. You know, thank you so much again for taking the time coming on, my friend. It has been such my a pleasure. pleasure thank you. Please come. Please come back on again. Um, you, you betcha. Know, you, you were so popular as a guest, but just as I, I wouldn't have cared if I would have cared, obviously, but I wouldn't have cared if one person would listen because of the fact you are such a pleasure to have on. But you were a very popular guest internationally too, just to let you know um, wow. as well. And I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, I thank you so much. And you have a very happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. If I don't talk to you, you and your family, and please. Give your mother, the, the Marion Ross, the absolute best because of the fact we're a huge fan of hers. But I thank you. I'm, I'm a big fan of yours, and I can't wait to see what you have to come. Thanks, Char. That's so gracious. I really appreciate it. We'll, we'll do it again real soon. Absolutely. Lifebox Media Channel. Go check out Jim Meskimen everywhere. We are 